Welcome to 4,000 Weeks, the weekly audio dispatch version of the weekly newsletter from 4kweeks.com. I'm glad you're here. If you would like to subscribe to the newsletter, you can just do that by going to our website and doing that. The reason you would want to do that is because there's going to be a lot of links that I talk about in this video um, that you might like. Lots of Instagram links and things like that. And uh, the only way to actually click on those links is by subscribing to the newsletter. And occasionally you'll get discounts. So the first thing I owe you is the dad joke of the week. So what should you name a sneaky pig? We'll get to the punchline at the end. In the meantime, week four of 2024 has arrived. I saw a hawk eating a bird yesterday, and I thought to myself, this was as I was driving home, I thought to myself, life can be messy. In the Midwestern U.S., we've reached what we call second winter. The new year brought a cold that really kind of hurts. It just really hurts. And the joy of the holidays is long gone. And some of these things are just to be endured. The winter that actually gets you here in the Midwest is fifth winter. And that will come in early March when everyone thinks that spring should be arriving, but yet it is still freezing cold. It's time for you to walk over to you 4K Weeks poster and fill in another square. Are you done? Okay, here we go. Why are you here? I don't mean on this life or in this life. I, I was just wondering, why are you listening to this podcast and why are you reading this newsletter? And don't get me wrong. I love it. Love it that you are here. I want you to stay. I want you to come back. I'm just curious as to why. I'm wondering what it was that made you want to buy a 4K Weeks poster or subscribe to this newsletter or listen to this audio dispatch. I'm trying not to call it a podcast. And why do you keep reading these things and listening to these things. And the reason I mention that is because I'm going to be personally reaching out to some of our customers over the next few months to try and have conversations that help me understand the why and also what we can do, what I can do, not we, what I can do to make life better for this community, because that's like truly the thing that I am interested in right now. And it's, you know, that sounds super altruistic. And I want to be clear, it's selfish. I want to live in a world where as many people as possible are trying to make the most of their lives. So be on the look for uh, emails or questions. And if you have thoughts on that, that you would just like to share, uh, you can email me, Spencer at 4kweeks.com, or you can uh, post a picture on Instagram and tag me and write some comments there. Um, Instagram is at the 4kweeks. Uh, four is a number. Okay. Remarkable Weeks. In week four of 1968, Aretha Franklin released her 12th studio album, Lady Soul. Aretha Franklin was recognized as the Queen of Soul, of course, and she was named the greatest singer of all time by Rolling Stone two times. <laughs> so, not once, but twice. And get this, and this is so striking to me that I thought it was a typo, and I double-checked it. But when she released her 12th studio album, she was 1,347 weeks old, or just over 25 and a half years. 12 albums, 25 years old. That's amazing. Week four of 1973, President Richard Nixon declares that an agreement has been achieved to bring an end to the Vietnam War. His administration was later involved in the Watergate scandal, of course, which led to his resignation and his eternal shame. And I would just like to remind all of us that all of those things are almost ancient history, just like everything we are currently worried about will one day be. He was 3,132 weeks old, or just over 60 years. 
Week four of 2018, LeBron James reaches the milestone of 30,000 NBA points during the 114 to 102 loss to the San Antonio Spurs. He was the seventh player and also the youngest to reach 30,000 points in the NBA. Also, sidebar, basketball players are the best athletes. I don't know if you knew that. LeBron was 1,725 weeks old or just over 33 years. That's amazing. 33,000 NBA points. By the way, I think I mentioned this last week. I read this crazy good book um, about data and the NBA, and I think it's called like Who Makes It to the NBA? I think I talked about it in the podcast. But basketball is the most the sport that requires the most genetic advantage. Like you're, whether or not you are an NBA basketball player is almost 80% determined by genetics according to the data, which I think is interesting, largely because height is such a huge advantage on the basketball court. Um, you know, think about that. Like height is an advantage on a football field, but not nearly as advan- advantageous as it is on a basketball court. Okay, this week's quote, I'm going to read it to you twice. It is by William Ward, and there's a whole bunch of different William Wards. This is the William Ward who was a motivational speaker in the um, mid 20th century. I'm going to read it twice. Adversity causes some men to break and other men to break records. Adversity causes some men to break and other men to break records. Now, look, quotes need to be memorable, right? And the the reason that I'm able to put a one-liner in here every week is because these quotes are memorable for one reason or another. And at some point, like, I don't know, all of the quotes are going to be taken and and it's true now, they're being re- quotes are being restated. But it, it wouldn't be a good quote if it said, adversity causes some men to break, but not all men, right? It has to have a hook. It has to have the, and other men to break records. But who cares about records? No, nobody worth, I mean, of course, I just mentioned that LeBron James, you know, was set one of seven players to reach 30,000 NBA points. And that's interesting. And it's a great accomplishment. But who cares about breaking records? Nobody worth watching does anything to break a record. And I would even I would even bet you that LeBron James cared more about that loss to the San Antonio Spurs, the game in which he achieved 30,000 points in that moment, than he cared about the 30,000 NBA points. Because the only reason you get to 30,000 NBA points is by being intensely driven to do all of the other stuff. Who cares about the milestone, right? I think that part of this quote, the other men break records, is a distraction because what we need to be talking about in this quote is you and the person that you will be tomorrow, right? Adversity and you. And what is adversity? You can choose to be tougher than you are right now. You should value toughness over ability. I was in a band when I was younger and somebody said something to me early on and said, look, if you just stay together for five years, you will make it one, you know, you will have some success if you just stay together for five years, because most bands break up before that. You should value toughness over ability. You always have a choice to endure. You always have a choice to push yourself just a little bit further. Kevin Kelly said in his book, um, excellent advice for living. One of his little quotes is like, just do five more. Make, you know, just decide to, you know, you, oh, I did 10 push-ups. Just do five more. You can always do five more. Five more reps, five more minutes, five more paragraphs. You can always do five more. You might not like the choice. The, the pain of running for five more minutes might be more than you want to bear. But you can always choose to calmly 
and without a bunch of drama, just do five more. The toughness is for you. It's not for the world. It's not to be broadcast. The Stoics talk a lot about um, how you should do things because they are goods in and of themselves and not brag about them, right? And I think that um, that's an important thing to remember here because if you practice it being for you and not for your image, then it's a more sincere commitment. And so, you know, I've gotten a little bit away from this, the quote, but the, the quote was adversity causes some men to break and other men to break records. And the thing is that there's no difference between those two versions of men. They are all made of the same molecules. Now, they've obviously had different experiences from birth until now, and there's just no arguing that the way you are dealt with, the way you are handled, the nutrition you are given, the whether or not you grow up in a stressful environment, that certainly has an effect on what you perceive as too much adversity. And so, again, this isn't about judgment. I am not judging people who choose a level below which I choose to say it's too much adversity. There's no judgment here. This is for you and mine is for me. But what I am saying is, is that the way you get tougher is by having that conversation with yourself when you want to quit to say, just do five more. And if you make that a rule for yourself, there is nothing that you cannot accomplish. There is no goal that you will set for yourself that is too big if you develop a habit of saying, I'm just going to do five more and I can handle this. And I slammed my finger in the door, but I don't have to scream and be dramatic about it. It hurts. There's no question it hurts. How I deal with that pain is my choice. Adversity causes some men to break and other men to break records. Choose not to be defeated by whatever adversity you're facing. I got off on a little bit of a soapbox there. I'm sorry. I feel very strongly about that. I feel like the reason I am as tough as I am is because at some point early on, someone showed me an example that I could choose. And I think it was in basketball practice when I was in high school. I think I realized, oh, the one thing I can do here is be tough. And not, and I want to be clear because, you know, we got a lot of crap in our culture right now about toxic masculinity and whatever, da, 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 da. I cry at sad movies. I, you know, this isn't about that kind of toughness. This is about durability and um, control in a good way of the way you walk in the world. So... You can be tougher if you choose to, and that will be an asset to you. Okay, enough of that soapbox. What am I consuming this week? Okay, the first thing is this video about Marcus Aurelius by Ryan Holiday. And this is a little bit self-serving because, first of all, Ryan, Ho Ryan Holiday doing the world a great service, spreading the word about Stoicism. Um, I love Stoicism. One of the reasons I love Stoicism is largely because of his books. Um, but I happen to make the bronze portrait bust of Marcus Aurelius that Ryan Holiday has in the, in the video. Um, and so a friend of mine sent it to me and said, hey, didn't you make this? Millions of people have seen this portrait bust of Marcus Aurelius. And I was like, oh, yeah, wow. So I decided to put it in the email. So you should go see it. You can see it on um, YouTube. Um, it's just a video about 10 things that uh, you should learn from Marcus Aurelius. It's pretty recently posted. Um, the podcast, The Afterlife of a Gun by The Daily. I just listened to that. It's from January 9th. Um, 
I mean, man, I know, I know that most of us can agree that fewer guns is better. And I think that even if you're pro Second Amendment, you know, because this is again one of those things where it's like a, it's like a polarity. You know, it's a sorting thing, and people immediately div- divert to their. Uh, they're talking points on the set when you say Second Amendment, right? Immediately, oh, we've just divided the world in two in the United States, right? Um, so, but even if you're pro Second Amendment, I think you can agree that that fewer guns is better. And if you think if you, if you're saying no, 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 more guns is better, well, I bet in a room full of five strangers, you would rather there only be one gun as long it was in as it as long as it was in your pocket, right? You wouldn't rather that everyone, all of the strangers in the room, had a gun, right? So, fewer guns is better. Um, and this is a heartbreaking podcast for people who believe that fewer guns is better. And, and, you know, I love capitalism. I really do. I am a capitalist, but it's not the best solution to everything. Um, so that's the afterlife of a gun by the daily, um, a book that I was, that I read this week, keep going 10 ways to stay creative in good times and bad by Austin Cleon. So my wife bought me this book. Um, she put it in my stocking for Christmas uh, Austin Cleon, who she uh, she loves his newsletter. She gets it every week. And I guess in the newsletter, he offered to sign books that were bought from Book People, which is his local independent bookstore in Austin, Texas, just before Christmas. So she bought it for me and it's signed and it's awesome. And it's just a really great like bedtime book because um, it's short essays on how to stay creative, how to fight through um, all of the all of the instincts, all of the resistance in the world that kind of keeps you from being creative. Um, so it's a delightful little read. I, and I do love having a book by the side of the bed that I can pick up, read a chapter, and that is a complete thought. Um, and it's a really good book for that. The 80-20 Principle by Richard Koch. I have mentioned this three times, I think, at least in the podcast, and I'm still listening to it. The reason I mentioned it uh, today is because I heard a powerful bit about the spike. And the spike is a distinctive strength in you or someone else that is unusually powerful. And he's, he posits in that book that this is where much of your ability to provide value is. The unique thing about you um, that you are good at, the thing that you, you know, the, probably like if you were thinking about it in a social setting, the, the part of your personality that is the most out of whack, right, in, in a not in a negative way. Uh, and I just thought it was really interesting to think about that because, you know, a lot of the world right now makes us feel like we should be well-rounded. But he makes the argument here that what makes you unique is what makes you valuable. Um, and I think the Clifton Strengths Finder, if you're familiar with uh, Don Clifton, uh, owner of the Gallup polling organization, the Clifton Strengths Finder is a big corporate kind of, uh, it's like a personality test kind of thing. But uh, I think he also talks about the fact that we should be helping you focus on the things you're good at, not helping you focus on the things you're bad at. So that's just an interesting little thing. Um, Enola Holmes movies, number one and number two. This is weird. I typically don't put pop culture stuff in here, but my mother-in-law was staying with us this last week and she and my daughter watched these two movies on a cold weeknight. Um, two cold weeknights, actually one on each weeknight. And I sat through about 80% of them, uh, you know, puttering around the house doing stuff while they were watching them and they were just delightful. And I was thinking, it's so interesting to think about the way that the world has changed and what will change in the possibilities for young women in a universe where the character Enola Holmes exists. So I just wanted to say, I wanted to mention that. And I wanted to say thank you to Nancy Springer, who is the author of the graphic novels that inspired those two movies. Because it's delightful to see a confident, powerful, irreverent, 
female lead character who is choosing her own path and not falling into the path that everyone thinks she should fall into, especially when I'm sitting next to my young daughter. There's some really good Instagram nuggets. Um, I think, oh gosh, the one that I'm going to mention, you'll have to subscribe to the newsletter if you want to see, if you want to be able to click the links. And I think Instagram, you know, social media is terrible and it's destroying the world, but also it's pretty cool. And, you know, one thing about the algorithm is that if you show it, you like things that are good for you, it will keep serving those things to you. Um, but also if you show if you show it that you like watching uh, cranes tip over, uh, it will show you a lot of those videos, too. <laughs> so it's a it's not good or bad. It just is. Um, but there's this one post that is a short clip of the former I don't know what the former uh, finance minister for Greece, I believe, is what he what his title was. Uh, he's also a thinker. His name was Yanis Varoufakis, I think. Varoufakis, I believe, uh, is his name. And there's a little clip where he says capitalism is already over and we've already moved on to digital feudalism. And and I for a second, I was like, well, this is crazy. But he makes a really interesting point about the collapse of feudalism and the rise of capitalism. I, it's just super interesting. It was actually, it's just a little clip. Um, and it's a, you know, it's a podcast, two guys sitting next to each other. And I, I, it was so compelling that I sought out the podcast that he was on and I watched it and I put it in the email newsletter and it's called my wildest prediction with Tom Goodwin. And you can listen to the whole podcast with Giannis Varoufakis. Uh, and it is a mind-bottling thought experiment. And it's not a thought experiment to uh, Varoufakis. Varoufakis, I believe I'm saying that right. It's not a thought experiment to him. Like, he's an old socialist. Um, and he he feels more strongly about it than I do. But you can't deny his his logic. I'm not saying it's true. But you should listen to it. And also that there's a whole bunch of other interesting episodes on my wildest prediction. It's just tech leaders and uh, thinkers saying this is the thing I think that is craziest that I predict will be true. It's <laughs> super fascinating premise. So that's it for the what I am consuming this week. What am I thinking about this week? And this I, I went through. I actually normally I just write this and I, I edit it as I go. But I normally the thought that I begin with is the thought that I finish with. Um, but this week I was struggling. I had a whole bunch of things that I wanted to put in here, but none of them were like a whole complete thought. I was going to complain about the postal service and, um, you know, and the fact that starving it of resources has made it terrible. And then I did a little research and I realized that my, my, my hypothesis was not supported by the facts. And so I deleted that. And then I wrote a few more things and then, I got back to a conversation we had, we're having at Mastermind again on Friday. And so it's the third week in a row, I think, that I've stolen from my Mastermind group to put in this podcast um, and this newsletter. And so, uh, but that's okay. That's what Mastermind is for. You should have one. You should have a group of trusted people that you talk about deep things with, right? Remember Eleanor Roosevelt says, small people talk about people, uh, middling people talk about things. And big people talk about ideas. So you should have a group of people that you get together with weekly and talk about ideas with. And if you are in your 30s, that is going to be a very striving and, and like uh, uh, hustling group, right? And then as you get into your 40s, it'll, be, it'll 
temper down a little bit. And then as you approach your 50s, it'll it'll start becoming even more casual, casual if, if it follows the track that mine followed. <laughs> it's interesting to know, to, to, to watch the trajectory of the things that you talk about as you move through decades of your life. But anyway, what am I thinking about this week? I'm thinking about the minimum. I'm thinking about this equation. The minimum effective dose plus raw materials equals results. So 2023 was about fitness for me. I changed my diet. I got really serious about strength training. I got a trainer who um, is the kind of person who only wants to think and talk about how to move your muscles and how to make your muscles do what you want them to do. Um, whatever that may be, if you want to get gigantic or if you want to just be strong and if you want to have explosive movements, whatever, he knows how to do it. I started playing basketball at a super intense level every week. Really, 2023, if I look back, ended up being about fitness. I mean, I got two DEXA scans. If you know what a DEXA scan is, it's like a um, it's a body a bone density scan. If you have osteoporosis, the, the, you'll get a DEXA scan. But it also measures your whole body, tells you how much body fat, how much body fat you have in your left side, your right side, your arms, your legs, your you know your visceral body fat around your organs, everything. So. It was all about fitness for me, but likely the most important change that I made all year was almost insignificant. And it was making sure that my body had the resources it needed to make the most of all of the changes in work that I was doing. So I had been strength training for years. I mean, I did strength training in high school for football. Um, you know, I had, I had, I know how to, I, I knew, I thought I knew how to lift weights. And so even in my 40s, I have a gym in my basement. I have been strength training for years, but I haven't really been focusing on anything other than moving the weights around. And it turns out that it's really hard to build muscle when you aren't eating enough protein. And it's really hard for your muscles to recover and grow if you train every day and don't get enough sleep. Uh, my wife and daughter are vegetarians, and so I just was eating a very vegetarian-focused diet without thinking about it. I'm not saying that vegetarian diet is bad. I'm just saying that I was not eating enough protein by far compared to how much protein I am eating now. I, I was not eating nearly enough. And my entire, my body is totally different. C couldn't be more different. I was 26% body fat and now I'm below 19. Um, and so that seems like a huge, drastic, dramatic change, but actually it doesn't take nearly as much time to totally change your physique as you would think. And when I say how much time, I mean time each week, right? I mean, I only strength train for like 45 minutes to an hour, three times a week. And I shouldn't actually do more because my body just can't really recover. But you have to give your body what it needs, right? You cannot build a house if you don't deliver two by fours to the job site. Even if you make the carpenters work 80 hours a day, if they have no two by fours, they cannot build you a house. And so I've been thinking about this this week. Tim Ferriss talks a lot about the minimum effective dose, right? What is the smallest amount of something that will get you the results that you want? And if you optimize around it, the minimum effective dose is smaller than you would think for almost any endeavor. Almost anything takes a smaller amount of dosage than you would think. And so, um, I mean, there's some things. If you want to be in the, if you're 40 years old and you, your goal is to be in the NBA, you know, I don't know that there's an effective dose for that. But in almost any change that anyone who's listening to this podcast would want to truly make in their life, it takes less work than you think as long as you're doing the right work. And so 
If you are considering or if you have been considering tackling a new direction in your life, but you keep not starting it because it seems too big or too hard or there's too many unknowns and you just don't know what to do, I would encourage you to do this, these five steps. This is what I would say to you. First, decide what the work needs, right? What are the two by fours that you need to deliver to the job site so this house can be built? What are the raw materials that you need to build this new you out of? So, for example, fitness needs nutrition and rest. Fiction writing needs pen, paper, some time, and some what-if observations about the world. A new career is going to need, like, training, a lot of courage, and then some hours. So what does your thing need? And I don't know, I can't know what all the things are, right? But, but certainly there are some raw materials that your thing needs. Then... So this is part two. Decide on a minimum effective dose that you can tolerate and try to be a wimp about this, right? Don't say you're going to exercise for three hours each day. Don't say you're going to write for three hours each day. You don't have that much free time available, right? But, you know, 30 minutes three times a week would be good for strength. 30 minutes a day is good for writing, you know, uh, um, if we're going to go back to the career example, you probably need a little bit more. So maybe an hour each morning is good for career skill acquisition. But what is your minimum effective dose? What is the smallest amount of this thing, if given support, will matter? And so then, step three, commit to starting that thing within the next few days and document your day one performance in some meaningful way. Uh, I took a picture of my body in my underwear at the, you know, about a year ago today, right? That's how I documented my day one. It's a very, everyone always thinks that they are where they are and you have to document the previous performance so you can be like, oh, wow, I'm actually way further than I was. So number three was commit to starting within the next few days and document day one performance. And then number four, give it 30 days of commitment and then see where you are. And then number five is adjust based on what you learned, right? So if you decide to write for 15 minutes a day and you see no change in whatever your goal is after 30 days, then maybe it needs to be 30 minutes, right? Maybe maybe if you are strength training 30 minutes a day three times a week and you haven't seen a change, maybe it needs to be 45 Maybe you need another 30 days, but, you know, adjust. You're now doing an experiment on yourself uh, and it's less onerous. It feels less like less of a heavy lift and more of a like, oh, I'm going to make a small change. Give it some time. See where I am. So it could be that your minimum effective dose needs to be more or less than your experiment, but you know something and you can build on it. That is what I would suggest if you have been feeling the stirrings of wanting to tackle a new direction in your life, but you're not sure what to do. I just really feel strongly that almost everything takes less work than you think it will before you start. Like becoming a millionaire. That seems like a heavy lift for a lot of people, but really all you have to do is save a little bit of money from, you know, 10 years old to 30 years old and then do nothing for 40 years. It's not that much work. It's just that, it's painful and most people don't want to do it. So I hope that helps. I don't know. I think that's a, it feels like a profound shift in my thinking is the reason I feel strongly about it is that like, um, 
I feel like a beast right now compared to what I was a year ago. And it hasn't been uh, overwhelming. It's been fairly easy. Um, and now I don't really think about the fact that I exercise uh, the way that I do. And in fact, I think, ooh, maybe I'll do a little more, right? I'd like to play basketball two days a week. I actually was thinking about talking to the guy and having him start the league on a Wednesday too. But I'm talking, I'm jibber-jabbering. Um, minimum effective dose plus raw materials equals results. That's what I'm thinking about this week. So last thing, the dad joke of the week. This is my favorite uh, for a while now. What should you name a sneaky pig? Cunningham. <laughs> I hope you have a great week. I hope you're having a spectacular 2024. And if you're not, do what you can to make sure the rest of it's spectacular. Have a great week.